Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Virgo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewLP. Joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you doing there, mate? I'm doing very well. I had the most cinematic dream of my life last night. Um, so a big shout out to Cinnamon. Hello, Cinnamon. <laughs> and it was, it was actually, um, to, to my uh, amazement, almost dismay, is it was actually a PG sort of dream. Yeah. How good, what, how good was it, though? Maybe oh, we should phenomenal. do an episode on dreams. People send yeah, well, us our dreams and we read them out. We could analyse them. Yeah, we could be like uh, use our uh, all of our like uh, I don't know skill <laughs> skills. Yeah, I was trying to think of a better word than skills, but that's all I've got right now. I'm only one coffee in. We've got lots of skills, so we could just put that as just something else. Add it to the resume. Yeah, exactly. Dream. What what would you call it? Dream analyzer. Yeah, yeah. We could just be called life analysts. <clears throat> yeah, I'm up for this, that. This is the talk we usually reserve for the end of the show. We're mixing it up today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, today's episode um, is based around essentially a conversation that uh, the freaky he had on Twitter, and he pissed off a few people. So we thought we'd flesh it out and go on from there. Um, mm. Care to tell people what you what you said? Well, just drilling down into it, basically. Robbie Farris crap. And that's the episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> no, but what happened was, okay, so what we should have done is brought up all of the quotes and stuff, first of all. But Robbie Farah, earlier in the week, basically blasted Jason Taylor, okay, and basically said, you know, I, I, Jason Taylor told me and Rod Reddy told me that I was going to be playing reserve grade for the rest of my career, and now where are they? I'm still playing first grade, and Jason Taylor's coaching reserve grade. And then a couple of days later, Rod Reddy came out, and he basically called Robbie Farrow the most selfish player he'd ever had to deal with and said that uh, they were right to let him go and that look at the Tigers' record and all this sort of stuff. And I... And this was posted out, the second, the Rod Reddy stuff was posted out by Rugby League Week Mole, right? Mm -hmm. So I said two points. I made two points. I said, first of all, he didn't miss him because he didn't. He, he nailed him, I think. And number two, it's kind of hard to argue with what Rod Reddy said. I mean, Robbie Farrow hasn't had that many winning seasons as one of the top play, paid players at a club. And... Of course, after that, West Tigers fans pulled out the pitchforks and started coming after me. And I thought my comments back were quite reasonable. Um, and, yeah, it just sort of descended from there. And I said to somebody called Chris Simon One, I said, look, my podcasting partner in crime, Andrew, is a West Tigers supporter. So what we will do is we will have a look at all of this in a podcast. And that's what we're doing today. That's it. So I'll I'll chuck out some stats here because I'm I'm obviously going to be playing the role of defending Robbie Farrow here. Yep, yep. So um, I'm going to start with the fact you know Robbie Farrow made his debut for the West Tigers in round 13, 2003. Mm -hmm. Now the West Tigers have won 50.18 percent of their games when Farrow has been in their side since then. When he hasn't played for them, they've won 34.38 percent which is a massive drop down. It is. Also, the, the one season where he played for South um, for the entire year and didn't play for the Tigers was 2017. Yep. 
Yeah. And the Tigers had seven wins and 17 losses, which is their equal worst performance in a season. Okay. Now, there's some numbers for your ass. Okay. <laughs> Here are my numbers. Okay. okay. Here are my numbers. So in, he, he, he makes his first grade debut in 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, he quickly becomes one of the top, at least two highest paid players at the club. I think that's fair to say, right? Well, that was in the in his third year because he played three games in 2003 and I think four the year after. Yeah, so but he's basically in for the vast majority of his career at the West Tigers, he's been one of the top two top two paid players. Okay, I think that's yeah. pretty fair to say. Yeah. Okay. Now, in all of that time, they've only had one, two, three seasons where they have won more than fifty percent of their games. Correct. Over a very long career. Okay. Now, my my point of view was that if you are one of the top paid players at a club and you are at a club for a long a long period of time and they don't win that many games and they don't even make the finals too many times, you've got to take that on board. You've got to wear some of that. And that was my point of view in that, you know, Rod Reddy was right in terms of he hasn't had a career of winning football that much. And it he has got won a premiership in 2005. You can't take that away from him. But for the rest of his career, hasn't looked great. Hasn't looked great at all. And there's not too many players that have been at a club for that long. And somebody like compared him to Nathan Hindmarsh. I think Nathan Hindmarsh had, didn't win a premiership, but he had a lot more winning seasons than Robbie Farrer did. Um, and I, I thought that, yeah, it was a fair, fair comment that was made by Rod Reddy that you got one of the highest paid players at the club and th- when the club's not doing well, he's got to wear it. He's, it's part of his career. Yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that, that argument. Um, my counter to that is to say that Robbie's not in charge of recruitment and retention and I think we can probably argue that the Tigers have been probably one of the three worst clubs since 2000 when it comes to recruitment and retention. I would. I tell you what. I would concede that they might be the worst. Well, I was. I. I, I say they are the worst, but I'm biased because they're my team. So that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like they've got to be up there. I mean, the Titans are pretty bloody woeful. But, but I tell you what, the Titans. You think of some of the players the Titans have brought there. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if the West Tigers had brought in a and obviously went the other way, but a Scott Prince, you know, or a Greg Bird. Like these would be automatically, if say you recruited Greg Bird, he would automatically maybe be one of the top three recruits the Tigers have got in that time. Yeah. I mean, you think that um, Gareth Ellis is still regarded as possibly one of the best forwards the club's ever signed, if not the best. Yeah. And and Ellis Ellis was good when he, I know, but Ellis was good when he got there. Um, But that shows you the level of their recruitment over the years. I mean, yeah, exactly. they, they threw away Andrew Fafita and Bryce Gibbs to get Adam Blair. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. But we get, we're starting to get an impression here, okay? The, uh, the, the Tigers, I should have a look at the, uh, the front rowers that yeah. Robbie Farris had around him. Okay. Um, and there's been a lot. Yeah. Now, these, these are... I'm just going to cherry pick a few here. And, and look, I'm willing to say, keep in mind that that directly 
directly affects Robbie Farah's entire career. Like, if his forwards aren't going forward, he's not really able to run out of dummy half too much at all. He's not getting space. Like, this is directly affecting him more than I would say that it affects a half. Yeah. So, the... He's only had five props at the club who have played more than 50 games for the club. Wow. Only five. And they are John Scandalis, Keith Galloway, Aaron Woods, Bryce Gibbs, and Todd Payton was the last one. Damn, that's, right. that feels next, so West Tigery. Next is Corey Pearson, Ben Madalino. Now we're down to Soaso Sue, who played 28 games there. Avasia Manafanai. Shane Walker, who was there just as uh, Farrow was retiring. Uh, Tim Grant played 21 games. Russell Packer, 21. LaFranchi, 20. Are you serious? Tim Grant as a front row is that high up on the West yeah, he's, Tigers? he's equal 12th. Wow, that's terrible. All right. That's, you also got to remember, he played three games with Danny Galea, a center at prop. Fuck it. Yeah, I remember that, eh? <laughs> So, so it, it's, and that's just the front rowers. Yeah. You know, when you think of the other players he's had to link with, like, um, you know, other halves. You yeah. Think of players like Tim Moulton. Cool. Robert Louis. Uh, well, look, I, I was, I was looking at their top try scorers over Farris' career before. Mm-hmm. And like some of the names, like there's a couple of good names in there, but then you get the likes of like Daniel Fitzhenry, Tim Moulton, Tim Simona, like there's some really crap yeah. players in there. John let's Wilson. Have, let's have a look at their top ten. It's Chris Lawrence, yeah. uh, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farah, David Nofaluma, Pat Richards, James Tedesco, Bo Ryan, Daniel Fitzhenry, uh, Taniela Tuiaki. Um, he was an awesome player. Got dudded by injury. He was man. He um, was a he was a proper top star. So sad. And uh, an equal tenth, Chris Hyington, Brett Hodgson, Tim Moulton. Yeah, that's terrible. Chris Hyington. Fuck. I'm starting it's... to feel bad for Robbie Farah. Hey. Yeah. Um. So, it's. I, I find it hard to be. Too heavily critical, especially when you see the difference in win percentage for the club when he's on the field and when he isn't. Mm-hmm. That, to me, says that he's not as selfish as they're making out. A selfish player is going to do whatever they can to make their stats look good. And you could argue there's a lot of players out there that fit that bill. Yeah. But the club as a, as, as a whole is immensely better when he's on the field compared to when he isn't. I think that's got to, that's got to account for something. It's not like... We're not looking at 45% compared to 48%. It's 50, 50% to 38 Yeah. See, and, okay, so yeah. <clears throat> I've got another I've got another counter, okay? Yeah, yeah. Remember that season when you had the four horsemen of the apocalypse were holding the Tigers' feet to the fire because they were going to leave? So you had, you had uh, what's his T- name? Tedesco, Brooks, Tedesco? Moses, yeah. and Woods. Okay, yeah, all right. The big so four. Had, what, the big four, right? With air quotes. Now, big four, air quotes, trademark. Yeah, now my... Yeah, I know, the medium made of that. Now, my thing at the time, right, was that why would you lock all of these players in 
to long-term deals and, and build your club around these players when they're proven that they can't, they're not winning football games when they're all there right now, okay? Now, I still stand by that. Tedesco, I think, is a, a in a little bit of a different category because I think he was doing stuff in the West Tigers that he is kind of doing now. He's obviously a little bit of a, a better player now, but he was going to do what he was going to do at any club, okay? Yeah. But f- mostly for the rest of them, it's like, do you want to lock in all of these losers and go forward with them when they're proving to you right now that they're not winning football games. Now, there are players like that. Another one of them like that is Moses, okay? Another West Tigers um, superstar. There's there's certain hey. players that I think y- you... They're just not winners. And now I'm not saying that Robbie Farrer is one of those players, but I... I I haven't seen anything contrary to that. Yeah, I don't know. See, I think when Farah has been allowed to play his natural game, which we've seen a, a bit of this year, yeah, it changes the way the team plays, and they do look a million times better, and they can win those games. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you can't tell me you look at that West Tigers lineup right now and say that they're a team that should be in the in the top eleven or whatever they are on the ladder. No, I mean, I, I think we've said this before on the podcast, that the Bulldogs are definitely last. Yeah. And I think you could make a really good case. And and that the, and this shows how well Maguire and, and the Tigers players are doing, that the West Tigers would be second last in terms of just pure talent on the field. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. And it's been that way for a long time. And again, that's not Farrah's fault. I mean, even to further it, go through with that i mean farrah for a long time and along with benji marshall have been taking pay cuts to try and help the club you know keep some of the other stars or lure other players to the club that sort of thing or keep them under the cap um and that is something that's been forgotten by rod redder who red ready was calling farrah selfish which i think is just absurd um if you're selfish you're not taking pay cuts you don't care what the club thinks you just want your bloody money like adam blair yeah, well, to think about <laughs> – stop looking at the ground. Um, mm. <laughs> the, if you think about Benji and Robbie and how many times they they settled, I would say, on a contract when they would – I mean, at one point, Benji Marshall, for many, many years, million-dollar player, without question, should have been at times the highest-paid player in the game, without question. Yep. And, like, how many times they settled – between them, they've got to be close to of giving up a, a million plus dollars uh, between them to the club to stay there. So you can't question that. And here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think they made the right decision in doing that? Because I think at, at any point in their career, at, let's say go back five years, because the, say the, the prime of their career to the early part of their career, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that at any point during that time they made the right decision to stay at the West Tigers or should they have said, no, I want the most I can get and left? Um, I think Benji could have, for, you know, for himself, he could have left quite early yeah, and got gone and picked up big money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Farrah was chased heavily by the Titans when, not long after they first came in and he very nearly went with them. Mm. 
Um, and he could have picked up a ton of ton of coins there. That was, he took a. I'm pretty sure he took a reduced offer to stay at the Tigers. Um, but he looked that offer pretty closely, and I think it was because it was so much more more than what the Tigers are going to offer. It's just hard to not look at it. Mm. Both of them, though, have always been fiercely loyal to the club. Yes. Um, and to be honest, I think if at any time in the in the history of the Tigers, if those two weren't with the club, I don't know that it would have been more attractive if they weren't there because they were the main reason behind that, you know, crazy attacking football that the Tigers had in that 2005 to 2012 sort of, you know, 2012 period, that sort of area there. Yeah. It was that fantastic West Tigers attack that was a bit unpredictable, come from nowhere, and they could score points on teams, that, you know, whenever they wanted to. They were unpredictable because they'd also let a few big scores in. Um, but that was Benji and Farrah that were behind that nearly all the time. Yeah, and definitely. that would have been the draw card to get other players to the club. And I think if they had not have been there, um, the Tigers would have probably had several wooden spoons. Definitely. Okay, here's another question for you, right? Right now, today. Mm-hmm. Say they both up and leave today. They're allowed to go to another club. I've, I've said this before. If Benji Marshall decided that he was going to play for two more years... I would happily have him as a James Maloney replacement at the Panthers. I think he would be the perfect replacement, actually. You know, an old head on his shoulders, can lead a team around the park. I think he's proven that. Um, and just a, a good good off-hander to a young half, which I think he's doing very well with Brooks right now. Robbie Farrar. Just say you took Robbie Farrar and you put him on the Brisbane Broncos. He, like, he proves that he is a... And I've said this to you many times. I think this is Robbie Farrow's best year of his whole career. He he is a different... He, like, he becomes so much more potent behind a forward pack that is young, but is is raw. And if they just say, look, go forward, Robbie Farrow will do the rest. I think he changes that entire Brisbane Broncos team, don't you reckon? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that sort of bolsters the pro Farrow um, argument that it's not so much Robbie Farah that it's the the club that he plays for and the players around him. He's just had mostly. I mean, there's a there's a certain sort of player the West Tigers have. It's like that they go for small forwards and wingers that are slow. Like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, Second row is at center, like that sort uh... of thing. It's a Tim Sheens thing that got built into the club where everyone needs to be able to play the centre, second row, um, five-eighth occasionally, and if possible, even hooker. Yeah. But everyone needs to be versatile. This this is a mindset that worked brilliantly in 2005. Yeah. That's it. Because all the rules changed and everything, you know, everyone, everything became forwards-oriented and, you know, they, they never moved with the times properly. And can't have a can't have a winger that's over like five foot nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when they when they do get one, it was either Pat Richards or it was uh, Tuiaki. Yeah, it's like or, oh, or Yeah, well, somebody says, "Oh, tell me the best thing about your winger," and they, it's like, "Well, he does these short kickoffs." Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh... look. I. I, don't I, know. I I don't not like Robbie Farrar because people probably get the impression that I don't don't like him. I just do think that, and I would say this for any player, 
And I, I've even said a little bit about when um, when Hunt decided to, or not that he decided to, but he took the week off. Um, I, I said it when Ash Taylor needed time away. There comes a point when you get a certain amount of money from an NRL club that there are not only excuses but responsibilities that you've got to take on board. And I think that when you're at a club like the West Tigers, and not just the West Tigers, but when you're at a club and they don't do well and you're the highest paid player at the club or one of the highest paid players at the club by quite some way, you've got to... And even if they've built poorly, you've just got... It's just... It is what it is. You've got to take it on board. I think there's just been too much bad management at the club yeah. for the failure to be successful, to be lumped on pretty much any player. You know, look at the coaches. They hung on to Tim Sheens for far too long. Definitely. They replaced him with Mick Potter, um, who was actually doing some good work there. Mm-hmm. But the club allowed some off-the-cuff remark by Farrah some 18 months earlier to completely derail the season, completely ruin the relationship that Farrah and Potter had actually built up and had improved on quite a fair bit by then um woeful leadership from the from the club's management who just did nothing to step in and and nip it in the bud they just let it fester and fester um thankfully the person who was running it was you know the boss of the club then has moved on elsewhere that was grant meyer um that was just he was just useless um and then yeah had an opportunity to sign some decent coaches after that and went with jason bloody taylor yeah, but at a time when the fair, club needed to, was that a time when the club needed to rebuild? You don't go and get a, a rookie coach who doesn't know what he's doing. That's the time when they needed someone hard ass, and you know, I'm not saying this is the ideal one, but that's when they needed someone like a, a Brian Smith to come in, clean the bloody place out because that's what he did best. Yeah, and, and that's, go right. That's who they've got scratch. now. That's who yeah. they've got now. But this and, is where and, we should have been, you know, five six years ago. Yeah, like, well, Tim Sheen. Say Tim Sheen's last year was 2012, right? That's that was a long... Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a bloody long time to to be like, this is the coach we should have had after Sheen's. Like, yeah. you know, craziness. But, yeah, very poorly managed club. Um, you also go through periods of time where the, the best thing that you could say about the, the club's management was that they're... They love a photo opportunity and a morning tea. Like I, I, it, the yeah. club has been really poorly run, and there's no doubt about that. You just, I mean, the rock. That's why their record is what it is, and and that's also why they've found it hard to attract players as well. I mean, yeah. even this year, it's 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 been terrible. It's, it must be heartbreaking for West Tigers fans to be linked to a you know with Tini Zalesniak, who is just the exact sort of back. Wow. That the club doesn't get ever, and then it's like, oh, he's he's gone for the bulldogs. It's like, how the how the fuck did they fuck that up? I'll tell you this for free, mate: is that the West Tigers fans are used to that because I think playing managers just say, oh, you know, my player's gonna he's in talks to the West Tigers. They just use the Tigers all the time for that stuff because it's it's easy. Why not? They never yeah. the Tigers are never going to sign them. Yeah, but it drives up their price elsewhere. Um. The Tigers are never in the hunt for the top-line players. They just aren't. And so what they've had, they've made a history out of just signing whoever's available. Not going for who they need or what's suitable, Yeah, but for whoever's available. 
They make do, yeah. Yeah, and it's or, the same, the, it's the same so- problem that the, that the Titans making uh, in recent years. Yes. Just sign whatever big name's available and hope we can figure something out. Mm-hmm. It's just a clusterfuck. Yeah, and look, yeah, it, it, that's that's why they're... It's very strange. It's very, very strange. And, like, I look at someone like the Panthers, and the Panthers have a bit of a, a different situation in terms of they, at times, have had terrible management but they've always had that natural resource of the juniors that has bailed them out time and time again. And I still think Bale is bailing them out this year to a certain extent. But they've also been able to attract some bloody good players to the club. And the Panthers aren't... It's not like they're a glamour club. They're just not. And if you took the recruitment of the Panthers that have been able to do over the years, the West Tigers would take that a million times over. Like, I think I said... Um, earlier in the year, and I can't remember why we were talking about it, but I think the West Tigers, a million times out of a million chances, would take the Gold Coast Titans' recruitment of players from outside the club over their own. Because, like I said, the the players that the Titans have recruited, and the Titans aren't a great club, but the players they've been able to recruit from outside the club are so much better than the ones the Tigers have been able to get. Well, yeah, I mean... I suppose the upside though is they've got the Gold Coast as a uh, as a location to, you know, to lure people in. Yeah. Whereas the West Tigers have got Lamia. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Minto in summer? It's pretty good. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> as, 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 as I was saying to you the other night, Campbelltown is the only place I've ever been to where I went to use a public restroom. And there was a blue light on the ceiling, so you can't shoot up because you can't see your veins. And I was like, holy shit. I've only ever heard about this stuff. So there you go. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know. The, the Tigers, have, they've, for a long time, what they've needed is a broom put through the place. And we yeah. finally started to get a start of that when Cleary arrived. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously when you start to see a bit of progress, other coaches are going to pay attention. And we had the unfortunate situation where we actually had a coach that we were happy to have in Ivan Cleary, but he wanted to coach with his son. And it became an issue that wasn't one to start with. But the media turned it into one. Um, The West Tigers then apparently started talking with Nathan to bring him over, which was just dumb. Yeah. These two guys had not been working together for ages. They could they could go a few more years and just wait till their natural contracts ended. Uh, but they went through this madcap stupidity and it, it screwed both clubs over in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, Panthers are finally starting to get their groove now. Mm. Um, but the Tigers are still... I mean, it's just every bloody year has just been another another rebuilding year. Oh, we've got another coach. I have to do another rebuild. Oh, he needs new players. I'm going to do another rebuild. Oh, we sacked another coach. We do another rebuild. And you're going, Jesus Christ. They started well, trying not- to build a car and they're left with a frigging pair of shoes. I was just about to say that. It's like they're an old Tirana that somebody's working on and then they, they sell a, you know, half-built yeah. Tirana and the next guy's like, oh, I'm going to change a couple of things here and there. And it's just always half-built. Yeah, now and, now and, it's a half finished lawnmower. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's terrible. It's and look, it comes down to the. Do you think that this is a symptom of it being a joint venture club? Which it's hard to say. It's the same thing as the dragons because the dragons have been a bit different. 
but you've got the west you've got the Balmain side which is effectively non-existent anymore like I don't know how it's even considered a joint venture club at this point but do you think if this was a club that was run just by the one power base that things would be different because you would have one direction that they were going in mm, um in the past yes I don't think so now because Balmain's been pretty much a non-event on this team for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, West West Magpies and West Ashfield pretty much well, West Ashfield pretty much run the club. Um, that's my understanding of it anyway. I don't think any of that's the issue. I think the issue is the, in recent years. Let's go from say nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. maybe even ninety two, ninety three. Since about then, the club's only had, you know, between Bowman West and the West Tigers, they've only had three finals appearances mm. since about 93. That's atrocious. It, it really and is. It's got to be the worst in the game. And so that becomes a... That's now become a... Not just a trend. That's now become quite a significant, significant chunk of history of just being also runs. Yeah. And they don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, and... and- the problem has to start. They've got to stop looking at just replacing coaches and replacing players because obviously that doesn't work. Yeah, There's people who are now controlling the club who are involved at a board level who have been around both clubs, have been around the merger for a long, long time who don't know anything other than finishing ninth or below. You know, if they if they finish ninth and they have twelve wins and twelve losses, that's like that's like a great season. We we won as many as we lost. Hooray! You're going, yeah, no, no, yeah. not fucking hooray. <laughs> you know, it's got to the point now where fans are just I'm I'm starting to get the impression that more and more fans who used to be part of this whole Balmain or Magpies division have now got over that and they're now starting to think we just want to see the team successful. We don't even care if we don't win a premiership. Please just get us in the top eight for like three years in a row. It would be fantastic. But that seems like such a Herculean effort to get there. Mm. Um, I think just too much needs to change at the club. I, you know, It's time they start looking at board members. And I've said for a long time they need to make drastic changes. And one of them would be um, build a West Tigers Leagues club. Have a board which is made up of West Tigers board members. None of this Western Balmain on there anymore. They've got to start realising this club is now 20 years old. We can't still be bickering about Magpies and, and Balmain Tigers and all, all the crap that goes on with that one bitching about too much orange being on the jumper, one bitching that Balmain doesn't have enough representation. Jesus Christ, people. There's actually now adults, 18-year-old adults, 19-year-old adults who never saw Balmain and the Magpies play. We've passed yeah. an entire generation we're now the West Tigers generation. It should be stuck with that. Let's just go, you know what? Let's accept that this is what's left. The two old clubs aren't coming back. West Ashfield, who pretty much control the club, have said, we're not we're not folding this club. It's going to stay West Tigers. Yeah. yeah it's I, it's I time agree. the old clubs just bloody, just shut up and get out of there. Just let West Ashfield run it. That's what I'd do. I, I yeah. agree 100% with that. I, I do. I think they need direction. And if you look at the... The way the club was put together at the beginning, it's really flowed through the entire history of the club because it's like, well, we, you know, we're, we've got two different, you know, clubs that we're building on from below us. And then it's like, well, we're putting them together. Well, we're taking them apart. And uh, we've got this split board and the NRL has to come in and do some stuff with us and help us out. And then it's like, 
you know, you, we've got 15 different home grounds. And it's like they need some direction. They need to say, this is our home ground. This is our name. This is where we're based. And instead, what it is, is it's like, well, we're, we're kind of the team for, you know, the MacArthur region, but we train at Concord and we have three different home fields and we've got this split board. And it's like at some point, that's got to be all of that shit has to be responsible for the fact that this is a team that is never stable. And that's yep. it, it just flows onto the football field. Yep, because they are never, ever looking forwards. They're always looking back. West Magpies always looking, oh, how can we get back in the comp? Bowman's looking, how can we get back into the comp? You can't. Your time is over. I'm sorry to say it. I'm a historian. I love the way the game was. I wish all of those teams that were there at the very beginning were still around now. But business is business. That can't happen, and it's not happening. Got to move on. Um, I'd say the West Tigers should be... um, All the clubs, all the juniors should all just be playing as West Tigers. The club should be based 100% in Campbelltown, and they should be going out there trying to, first of all, play all your games out there and see if you can get another massive upgrade on the stadium out there, make it even better and more fantastic. Upgrade all your training facilities out there and start actually tapping into the junior base out there and stop letting all the other clubs in the competition go out there and take those juniors. Instead, yeah. we're too busy bickering over, you know, whether the Magpies or the Balmain Tigers are going to be able to get back up and get back in the comp. Just drop it and move on. For fuck's sake, it's not going to happen. Yeah, this is a club that has been around longer now than the Illawarra Steelers. Yep. And it's, you know, it, it's time for the club to pick and stick. And I, I really do. I think that what we're seeing on the field is just a symptom of a club that is... You know, it's Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde to a certain extent, and they, they have to pick and stick. And I agree. I, I think that if they they go to Campbell, and look, you're a, you're an old Balmain supporter. It's not even like yeah. you're an old Maggie supporter. They need to go to, to Campbelltown. They need to make that home. They need to train there. They need their everything to be there. They need to be rudely Campbelltown because that area is going to be absolutely gigantic it's within massive. the next 20 years. They're going to have an airport there. They get, <laughs> like there's, You just have to drive down that way. There's All of these new houses are being built down there at Oran Park and all that. They need to do it, and they need to do it now and commit and stop this, this joint venture sort of lifestyle that they've been leading for 20 years because it's it's been a failure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a diluted mindset. Yeah, they've just got to say right. That's it. We're going to get rid of everyone on the board who's either from the Balmain Leagues Club or the West Magpies Leagues Club. That's it. You're all gone. Let's just get a bunch of business people here who know how to run a you know a business. Yeah, especially a sporting one if possible. And say yeah. right, what we're going to do is say we're going to put out there a ten year plan, and our ten year plan is going to be rebranding everything so it's West Tigers, and we're going to be relocating everything to Campbelltown. We're going to try and get the stadium upgraded. We're going to try and tap into all the juniors, get them on a decent pathway seeing back into our team. And we're going to try and make sure that we're making the finals um, consistently by the by the back end of that 10-year 10, 10 period. That's got to be what they're going to be looking at. Instead of sitting there going, oh, we want the Magpies back. Oh, we want the fucking Balmain Tigers back. We're going to get there. We just need a bit of money. We're going to build this development. We'll be back. And going, no, you're not. Just quit, you idiots. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I agree with all that. And look, this is this is the shit that's been going on since 2000. And this mm. is the reason why the club cannot and will never be a successful team. 
2005, I've said it before, I'll say it again, 2005 was a fluke. They had, rules just went their way, just by pure luck. And then they had a great run in the back half of the game. They played great footy, don't get me wrong. But then they had the, the luck of the draw in the finals, where the Cowboys played pretty much grand finals every week against, you know, the tougher, stronger teams there. By the time they got to the grand final, they were beaten and bruised and completely worn out. The Tigers just sort of cruised through. They still had tough opponents, obviously, it's the finals, but they had an easier run than the Cowboys did. And Tigers just had more energy on grand final day. You can see that just by watching the grand final. And the fact that the Tigers did jack shit from 26 to 2010 or 2009, when they were at the, you know, all their players are in the prime window there to be, you know, playing another grand finals and playing in the finals. Couldn't even make the finals for three years after winning a premiership. Yeah. That just proves that 2005 was a fluke. Yeah. it's, I, And I guess that 2005 win probably, you know, it, it, it glossed over a lot of the yeah. really big problems that the club had because they did it so quickly relatively from becoming a, a joint venture. Um, and they did it with a bunch of youngsters. And, yep. I mean, you you look at somebody like a, a Benji Marshall who's a, a you know, a crazy generational talent. And I think being able to watch him week in, week out, and seeing the incredible stuff he was doing probably also contributed to taking the attention away from a lot of the problems the club had. Yep, pretty much. Um, everything that they've done that was success-wise was about distracting themselves from the stuff that they was constantly getting bogged down in. Yeah, um, like any time John Carlaw is considered a pretty decent player in your team... Man. <laughs> ah, fucking hell. Ah. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, well, so, like, I guess in summing up, basically I'm right. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to convince you and I'm not going to try to, but, uh, cause yeah. I mean, we know each other works here, but yeah, I, I can't sit there and say that, um, I'm not saying Robbie Farrow is the only reason why they lose. No. I just, I, I feel, and look, you can say it about Robbie Farrow. I think you can say it to a certain extent. I find it hard to say it about Benji Marshall. I've seen him do some shit with some fucking players that he, he had no right to do. You know, they've. I mean, how many games you, have they won? You can, you can make the same argument with Farrow, though. I mean, look what he's he's been able to win half his games at the Tigers. Look at the squad he's had around him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, you know, Especially that I, forward pack. I mean, come on. That pack for so long had been just, you know, park footballers. Yeah. You know, it's in the end, I, I think if you take Robbie Farrow and put him at the Melbourne Storm, people will be talking about him the same way they talk about Cameron Smith. You reckon? Yeah. They're two different players. And this is, yeah. this is the point, okay? Cameron yeah. Smith is the best game manager you'll ever get. Yeah. No doubt about it. Benji, uh, sorry, Robbie Farrow though has this, I, I don't think I've seen too many hookers in the game ever with a short kicking game that he has. Not only is it is it good, close to the line, but more often than nearly every single time he gets that ball into space in the end goal. Mm-hmm. This is stuff that most hookers just don't do. Not even Cameron Smith does it as, as well and as frequently as well as Farrow does. Farrah's very nippy at a dummy half as well. And given that Farrah's had reasonably average props around him, he's had to do some 
some uh, heavy work uh, in defense in the middle. Cameron Smith does a lot of tackling as well, but I'd argue that some of the tackles Farrow's had to make have been, he's had to make more first contact tackles than Cameron Smith has had to make. Cameron Smith has been second contact more often than not, which is a lot easier on the body. I mean, Robbie yeah, Farrow from, from to, his early 20s has been carrying a lot of back injuries. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, there was a point there where Robbie Farrow was making first contact and then, like, third contact was Aaron Woods coming in and cuddling everyone. So that does take off the pressure off everyone. Yeah, yeah, Robbie has to come in and be the speed bump because no one else is able to do the hard work. Okay, I've got another question for you, all right? Yeah. So Robbie Farrow and Benji Marshall... Two top players at the Tigers, highest mm-hmm. paid players. Okay, the yep. club is run like crap. Yep. At what point in that position of those two players are you able to look at what's happening around you and what's happening above your board level and say to yourself, "I need to do something here. I need to be vocal here." and start calling out people at this club because it's a very, very delicate situation when a player starts pointing fingers everywhere else because the media straight away starts going, well, you're the problem, blah, 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 and you get fucking pricks like me that say, well, you're one of the two highest-paid players and look at your win percentage. Um, At what point can a player make that call publicly and say, look, something needs to change at this club but it's not me. I think history will show that it was 2012 that Benji and Farah both realised that that was a situation. Mm. Um, now, a lot of people are going to come out and say that Robbie had Tim Sheen sacked. That's not true. Now, Tim Sheen's was apparently had made a, uh, a handshake deal, spoken deal, nothing was written down, with board members of the club at the start of 2012 saying, if we're not in the finals at the end of this year then I'll step down and walk away. Now, 2012, if many people don't may not remember, the start of that year, the West Tigers had, they'd been in the last two final series, and it was widely tipped that 2012 would be the year that they'd be back in the grand final again. That was their window, and it should have been. You know, it was Benji Marshall just been named um, best player in the world, I think it was. So they were in the right place. Now, the Tigers ended up finishing, I think, ninth or 10th that year, and Sheen's refused to leave. Tenth, they went yeah. 11 and 13. Yeah. And Sheen's refused to step down. And the players, apparently the players got together. This is only rumours what I've heard. So this none of, none of this bit's fact. But I've, I've heard that players have pretty much said that something's got to change. Um, look at Tim Sheen's record. We've been busting our asses and we've made three final series in his whole time here. We need to change something. And so the club went, okay, we'll bite the bullet. We'll sack him, even though it's going to cost us a shit ton of money. So they did. And they did very little work to prepare for who the next coach was. They got him Mick Potter, probably because he was cheap, because they had to pay out a ton of money on Sheens' contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Potter was doing good work. Uh, they got very close to being, I think they were actually in finals contention when the whole Gordon Tallis rubbish came along. Gordon Tallis reveals that there was some sort of conversation where Farah said something about Mick Potter didn't know what he was doing or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. from 12, 18 months before. And Talos said that he said this because he's trying to look out for his mate and his mate actually got sacked on the back of it. So some good mate you are, Talos. Anyway, um, 
but that that completely screwed them because they ended up getting flogged over the last six or seven rounds of that year, and they missed out on the finals there, where they actually were they were in the hunt. Um, then they brought in Jason Bloody Taylor, and Jason Taylor's whole thing. I, I get the impression from from may have come from board level was we need you to get rid of Robbie Farah because he cost so much money. And the reason why it cost so much money is because the club made an agreement with Farah that they were going to start repaying him some of the money that he sacrificed in earlier contracts, which is why when he left, he was on 900 grand a year. That's not because that's what he was worth. That's what he was worth plus what he was owed, which shows you how much he was owed, which shows you how selfish he isn't. And it also is, that once again is a symptom of, you know, a rebuild, a, a, a decision that's made a pathway that's been walked down and all of a sudden we're taking a different pathway and so the new coach comes in and he's like well what's this all about and they're like oh yeah this goes back a couple of coaches before you when our hooker was given up all this money to play here and and it's it's that chopped and changed and there's no real one direction and there's no real pathway that the yep. club is just set on it's it's everything's a symptom of that um yeah. The one thing I would – and I'm going to ask you this as a West Tigers supporter. The one thing I would say in listening to, to you talking about Robbie Farrar is that – and this is going to be a difficult question. A lot of – in all of this this podcast that we've talked about, Robbie Farrar gets the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these situations, okay? Agreed. Okay. Now – I don't I will, think it's, I will actually I will say not by all fans. Okay. Now I I don't think it's unfair. I really don't because I mean, the the way that the club's been run has been terrible. But what is is there anything that Robbie Farah has ever done or said that you have felt he shouldn't have done or said? Yes. Okay. Now what are those things? I, I don't know the quotes themselves, but I think the the spat with Taylor um was just childish. I think yeah. I think he should have forced the club to come out and deal with all of the drama over the, the Mick Potter stuff because from what I've heard from a few sources I know around the trap at the time, um, Farrah and Potter got on like a house on fire. And oh, so really? Farrah's comments about Potter uh, that Talis reported were I think after Potter had been there for about four months and Potter had actually came out in the media shortly after that saying that he did have a communication problem with the players and he was addressing that. And the year after, when the comments were actually re- re- revealed, apparently Potter and Farrow were getting on brilliantly. Yeah. And so that whole thing ruined what was going to, what was looking like we were looking like we were moving towards some some really good times there with Potter there um he was making some really good changes and doing some really good things with the club um the stuff with Taylor was was just petty and childish but i understand from Farris point he was trying to hang on to his gig he loved playing at the club yeah um i also been, think there's he'd never a been point... told well he'd never been told or or put in a position where he was made to feel like he was he was selfish or he was part of the problem because, you know, he'd be me. He'd be me captain. Yeah. So the club the must other... have had a lot of respect and trust in him. So it was, probably would have been a bit of shock for him to hear that from someone. And the club should never have, because it become, the club really put Taylor and Farah, they just chucked them out to the wolves. And nobody from the club stepped up and said, hang on a second, 
this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like it was just left to to just turn into a big mess and, you and find a that very public one. In the, yeah, you'll find that with everything, every drama the club has had, it's been left to the coach or the player to deal with, even when it's not even their their responsibility. Like the stuff with with Potter and Farah. Grant Mike could have come out and just hosed it all down and said, look, they get on perfectly fine now. Everything's all good. That's just water under the bridge. Can we move on now? Instead, he just sat there and let Potter and Farah deal with that every single week. And the media just kept hammering until they got a result they wanted, which was someone got sacked, which yeah. was what happened. Yeah. And then everyone talks that it was Farah that got him sacked because Talos didn't like Farah. Yeah. I don't know. It was something, something weird like that. Um. Taylor then came along and wanted Farrah to play a very restrictive game style, um, which Farrah didn't want to do because he knew it wasn't going to work. It wasn't his style. It wasn't suitable for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought in Matt Ballon, which was clearly to push Farrah out. And a disaster. like a massive like, disaster because poor old Matt Ballon disaster. paid out. I think Matt Ballon paid about an hour, maybe eight yeah. minutes all up in his time yeah. at the Tigers over three years. Yep. And that just cost him more money because he was on he was on decent coin when he picked him up too. Yeah. Um, and that just added more fuel to it because it meant they had to play Farah. Yeah. Um, and 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 the other thing was that they had to play Farah, and any time they decided to go in a different direction, it was just so obvious what they yeah. were doing, trying to push him out the club. Um, and that look that's horrible given it's someone who passionately wants to be there. And you hear about player loyalty and stuff like that, and you actually have a player here who's loyal to the club and had taken pay cuts for the club, and he's currently not on much at all, from what I gather. And you want to you want to take away any dignity he has and anything he's he's deservedly earned respect wise. There, you're going to strip it all away and make him look like the asshole, and try and force him yeah. out of the club. Is that's just a, a massive dick move? And I um, also think with somebody like Robbie Farah and his personality, and I I. I get his personality because I'm the sort of thing when, when somebody says something, I mean, he's a real headstrong person and he's first, like if somebody says to him, look, we're thinking about this, his first response in his head is fuck you. Right. And he has to work his way back from there. And I I think that sometimes that's been a disservice to him. Oh, Absolutely. And, and like I say that as somebody that does the same thing in my life, and it's a disservice to me. Um, but I I think that it can make him look like he's doing things from a different perspective than the outcome that he's really aiming for. If that makes sense when I say yeah. that, in terms of like from the outside, it's like well he's just being pig headed. But if you sat him down in a calm moment and said why are you doing this? He would explain to you that he's trying to get to – he wants to get to an end goal where everyone's happy. Yeah. But from the outside, it looks like, well, he's just been pig-headed. Yeah. Plus, obviously, no one likes being disrespected. And after the no. amount of service he'd given the club, to be pretty much treated that way yeah. was pretty bloody horrible. And it all played out in public. They didn't They didn't have a conversation with him um, like adults. Mm. Oh, I'm just going to put you on the bench. I'm just going to put you in reserve grade. I'm just going to bring in this state of, former state of origin player. Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty clear what they were doing. Yeah. Um, he deserved better than that for what he'd done for the club. Yeah. And all that did was just, that just harmed the club. It harmed Farrah's reputation. And it ruined Taylor's career. No one won anything out of that. No. And, and it's just stupid. It's, yeah. Like no one come out of that looking good. I also think that 
it was handled so poorly in terms of, I think if they'd sat Robbie Farrow down and said, listen, Robbie, you're on a big whack of money. And we understand that we've signed up to this contract, man. But this is, we feel as though this is going to be the last contract we give you. And after this, we want to go in a different direction as a club. And being upfront with him about it. Um, instead, they, they, the tack that they took was, we want rid of you. We'll play in reserve grade if we have to. Uh, we don't want anything to do with you right now. And, you know, the coach doesn't want you here. Some of the staff doesn't want you here. And it was just a, a really shit way they went about it. It was, especially when it came from, you know, coaching staff that came in who hadn't been there for as long as Farah had. It seems mm. really disrespectful the way they went about it. And I think mm-hmm. that was what, what got Farah, um, just how poor he was, he was treated. And, you know, similar things went on with Benji Marshall where the club refused to honour, I think, a, an upgrade that he was, he was, I think, accepted on a handshake deal or something like that. Yep, yep, and he left. And that forced him out, out of the club. Yep. It just shows that it's, the club wasn't just doing this to Farah. They did it to Benji as well. Um, and... Yeah, I find it hard to blame any of the players that the clubs had, even though I'll sit here and mock the quality of players that they've had there and, you know, how, how average some of them may have played. Um, you know, if I was if I was a, an average football player and I was being offered a contract to go and play for the West Tigers and no one else has given me one, well, hell yeah, I'd fucking take it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you and me could probably name, just off the top of our heads, a lineup of West Tigers players that probably weren't first graders. Easy. You know, and and it weren't just like just in the team here and there. Like we're we're foundation members for the of the club for like three or four years in some cases. Um, and the the thing that worries me is I look at the West Tigers now, and I don't know that I see too much has changed with what the problems really are. I mean, you've got a a good coach now in Maguire, who needs to be able to be there for. And I, I've, I think we both said this a good five years at the very minimum. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of the same problems that are, are plaguing the club. One you of know, a lot of the no foresight in going forward. I mean, we've talked about this. If Benji and and Robbie tomorrow said, "Look, we're we're just both retiring. We've 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 come to the end of our our part of our lives where we want to play footy anymore." the club would be in a devastated position. You know, they'd be in a position where they really, I mean, out of everybody that would be left over, how many of those players would you say, well, he's a featured player. You know, I don't know that Brooks is there just quite yet. I think he's going to be there in a couple of years from now, but not quite yet. I mean, Robbie and and Benji right now with the heart and soul and the driving force behind the club right now. And it's, it's kind of scary when you look at it like that. Yeah, and they're a club too right now that have got so much money tied up in players who aren't in first grade. Um, Josh Reynolds, uh, mm-hmm. Chris McQueen, Ben Maddalino, Russell Packer. You know, and Moses and buys on what? He's on reportedly close to a million dollars. Oh, it's ridiculous. absurd. Ridiculous money. It's absurd. Uh, and when so I that's found the problem that they've out, got. That's definitely the worst contract in the NRL, I believe. Well, I still think the Blair one's worse because we lost Fafita when he was young. Yeah, to just to sign for to sign Blair, and Blair was on half a million for that for that deal. We lost two props for that. Yeah, and half a million and, when that half a million was like a marquee player. 
Yeah. And that that to me is still the worst one. Whenever you trade make a trade and you lose a player out of that trade and you don't get a player to replace them who's going to make up for both of them, that's a woeful decision. And yeah. that was always going to be bad. Yeah. So yeah, look, the club needs to do another clean out. They need to start looking at who they're paying the money to. Um, they need to hate to say it. They need to move on and buy. He's just on too much money. I'd I'd happily have him there if he was on three four hundred grand a year, but a million, no, it's ridiculous. It's it's wrong. Yeah, it's way wrong. Um, too many players at the club who have just been paid big money and they're doing nothing at the moment. Be it injury or whatever else, they're just not in first grade. You just you can't carry that sort of cash. Um, but yeah, still seeing some mistakes. I see that uh, I heard somewhere that Warren McDonald, who used to be the recruitment and retention person back when Sheens was coach, he's he's apparently come back to the club. So there's another bad decision. That's yeah, not like, a, that's not a slight on McDonald. I don't know what he's like as a person, but I think if you've come from a period where success was hard to come by, then why go yeah. back to players to to people and staff? Who couldn't get you that success? What's yeah, changed I, about them to make them success to make you successful again? I don't get it. Yeah, I always hate that sort of thing. Um, I, I, it's it's yeah. Why do you do what? And clubs do that a lot of times, and it's like you would rather go with somebody that is maybe untried than somebody that you can look at the things that they did while they're at the club and you you sort of go, well, that wasn't that good, you know? Yeah, um, like if, if you know what someone's capable of doing and mm-hmm. you know that it's not good, why would you take that risk of getting them back on over someone who you don't know anything about? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is they're both going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I the thing – I really do. I just come back to the direction that comes down from above at the West Tigers, and I think it's been absolutely terrible from the get-go. I don't think it's any better now. Um, I mean, we've seen some of their board members who've been absolutely lauded in the press, and, like, I, I've said, like, look at their record. Look at what the, the garbage the club has gone through yep. under their watch, and it's, it's kind of weird that they're – club's board doesn't get more of a focus on them because I, I really do. I believe it all comes from there. And it makes me wonder if the West Tigers, and I don't think that the Tigers are the sort of club that would be in this position, if the West Tigers were ever privatised and owned by a single individual, um, I think that they would really get so much more out of that sort of situation because they would then have a single voice, a single direction, and, and they could go down the pathway that we both believe that they need to. Yeah, look, this is the one thing that's positive that comes out of this is the the miseries and dilemma that comes around Balmain, especially with the board members there, has meant that West Ashfield, I think, now has more seats on the West Tigers committee than either the Magpies or Balmain. And West Ashfield are actually focused on the West Tigers as a brand, as an entity on its own, yeah. and making them strong. Um so I'd like to see them have more control over the club and, and doing things their way because they get it. I can't see a single reason why Balmain has any voice anymore on the board, quite quite honestly. I mean, they just it doesn't exist anymore. No, well, I mean, like, at the same time, the Magpies shouldn't really have a voice on there either because exactly. their voice is usually about bring back the Magpies, and that's yeah. that's not helpful. That's not moving forward. Yeah, I, I just I it it I just don't understand why it's like that. It should no, just be. I, I agree. West Ashfield, and that's it. 
Yeah, as I said, I I wouldn't have any Balmain board members on there. I wouldn't have any Magpies board members on there. Just make them West Tigers, rebrand the thing, top to bottom, and just everything's got to be West Tigers. You know, West Mag- Magpies can keep their leagues club. Mm-hmm. Balmain can keep theirs if they've got one somewhere still. Yeah, it's like but, a relic. <laughs> yeah, but they should also have a West a West Tigers leagues club, mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't be surprised if West Ashfield would be open to doing that and just changing theirs to West Tigers Ashfield. Um, they need to do something like that. They need to get the juniors under those sort of names. Mm-hmm. You know, it's simple things, but it shows a bit of unity. It shows some direction and some focus. It shows some clarity. The club hasn't got any at the moment. They still think it's 1999. We're still going to survive. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, it's it's tragic, really, because it, when the West Tigers are doing well, um the crowd's coming out. Like, they're yeah. one of those clubs, and I've said this before, the the Dragons do it when they're going off. All of a sudden, they could get 40,000 to a stadium. The Tigers can do it. They can get 40,000 to a big game um, at the Olympic Stadium. Um, and I've said this, Panthers can't do that. Like, when the Panthers go well, their crowds probably top out at about 30,000. It, they're one of those clubs that if they were going well, it would be good for the game. They're just, they're just not going – they're not even close to going well. It's really – it's terrible. It's terrible for the game. It's terrible for the West Tigers. I think it's terrible for Rugby League in the MacArthur region. Um, that, that area needs a strong club, and they, they're not getting one right now. No, that's right. So, um, yeah, look, they've finally got the right coach there, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I'm I'm quite happy that they've got Maguire. I wish they'd have got him when they first signed um, Taylor instead, but you know, obviously he wasn't available then. But um, yeah, it's uh, they're they're finally at the situation where they've they've got a good coach. They have signed a few good young players in Madison, Twole, uh, Momorowski. Those are some good first signings to make. Now, get yourself some decent props. Get a good prop rotation. Um, and you need to get a new 5.8, mm. someone who can work with Brooks, and you need to get yourself a new hooker because um, I hate to say it, but from what I've seen from Jacob Little this year, he's got plenty of potential, but he just doesn't he doesn't do the 1%ers too well at all. Mm. And if you can't do that, you can't replace Farah. And I'm not saying Farah does 1% as well. He's He's had a history of making errors and stuff like that in the past, but he's much, much better with an all-round game compared to Little, that when Little comes in and Farrell leaves, the on-field performance is going to take a step backwards, and we can't mm-hmm. afford to take that risk, especially when you're replacing some bloke who's 35, 36 years old. You shouldn't be stepping backwards with his replacement. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the the strange thing about the West Tigers right now, and if you line them up against the Bulldogs, the West Tigers have... I think that the Bulldogs are closer to getting to where they want to be than the West Tigers are oh, because you, you are you, you like the West Tigers are going to lose Benji and, and Robbie in the next you know two years at the very least, um, and after and then they've got that big contract for Mbai, who I mean that's an albatross contract. There's just no way around that. It, they really have to almost take a couple of steps back before they can take steps forward. And, and that's kind of scary to think about. Um, you know, I, I feel sorry for West Tigers fans because they deserve better 
you know, as I've said, it's a good supporter base and they're just not getting what they deserve out of their club. And as a Panthers fan, I've been through that myself before, but not to this extent. I mean, this is this is 20, 20 years of this. Yeah, it's 20 years of it. And they've only had two years where they were actually hitting potential. And that was 20, 2010 and 2011. Yeah. You Man, know. what a depressing podcast this is. It was. It's probably one we needed to do, though, hey? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't so much cathartic as I thought it might have been. It no. Just, just reminded me of all the miseries and how we're still in them. Yeah. But the good news is, you know, a few more years of misery and things might change. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah, I feel sad after this. Wow. i tell you what, the, the one benefit it gives you as a Tiger yeah. supporter yeah. is when you, when you shit on other clubs on social mm. media, mm-hmm. people just go... Yeah, you know what? He's a Tigers fan. That's fair enough. You know he knows what he knows what shit's like. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking to an expert and things going wrong here. Exactly. These guys are the talk about. It's actually not even a case of going. I've gone. That's funny. They're going. Oh shit! If he's noticed that, that things might be going bad for us. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a real wake up call when a West Tigers fan says, "You know what? There's some problems at your club." Yeah, when a Tigers fan comes out and says your club's shit, you go. Oh, Jesus Christ. What have we done wrong? <laughs> How do we fix this? Quick, where's the emergency button? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bail, bail, get me out of here. Oh, man. That's fucking hilarious. Do you reckon the West Tigers need to change their logo and update it a bit? No. Okay. No, I'd if I take, make any changes to it, I'd change the jersey so it stops having those stupid bloody Vs on it. Okay. Have three hoop colours on there, black, white, orange. Just you know, put the hoops on there. I don't Ooh, care what what designer put them in, but just put a hoop jumpers. Yeah, be fantastic. Oh uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. And, and I think, I think, he, I think the days of needing to have the little magpie on the, the shoulders. I mean, come on, man. Twenty years. I, know, I I don't I don't even care about that to be honest. Magpies fans get the shits about it getting smaller every year. Um, <laughs> <Do they? laughs> yeah. Oh, the mech was getting smaller. You can barely see it now. Oh, what's with the orange on the jumper? Yeah. Those are common complaints, isn't it? Going, mate, if that's the biggest concern you've got, you don't really have much of a grasp on what's going on with the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a hoops jumper for the Tigers. No, not many teams do it anymore, and I think they the hoops jumpers always look good, especially the, those Tigers colours are just perfectly built for that, black, white, and orange. They're yeah. a good color. It's a good palette to have for a jumper design. And to have... That stupid V thing they had the other day where they had the orange one inside a black one or a white one or something like that. You just look at it going, you can't put two jumpers into one. Stop trying. It looks yeah, that's, stupid. I was just thinking that it's um, a lot of the jerseys they've had over their history, they look like they've got like the top half of one jersey and the bottom half of another yeah. and squished them together. And it's like, oh, man, this looks like a mess. A lot of them look like... Uh, Remember during Super League when there was just the multicolored vomit yeah. jerseys that they were putting out? Yeah. Uh, rotten. Perfect. It got worse at the Tigers those years where they had the yellow jumper come out. Oh, yeah. man, that thing was horrible. And then they replaced <laughs> it with a gray one. <laughs> just, you've got three fantastic colors that work well together. Why, why are you using gray and yellow for fuck's sake? Yeah. Oh, that gets me. No, they've got a. The logo's great. The colours are great. They just got to build a proper jumper. Stop trying to copy everyone else with chevrons, and just go with hoops. You can do do hoops. You can do stripes for the alternate jumper or something like that. Up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Jeez. Yes. 
Exactly. So, okay, so in, in summary, we both feel as though... I mean, I don't, I don't know that we fully agreed on the Robbie Farrow thing, but I, I don't think we've, we're at complete opposite ends of the universe either on it. I mean, I, I just feel as though, you know, you, you earn a lot of money, you've got to take some of the responsibility for the results. But I do accept that there's, I mean, he's been at a, a really poorly run club. So it's not like I'm saying he's a shit player, really. It's just, I, I do think there is some responsibility to take. And I think that, I think it's hard to argue with that, right? Um the club's been poorly run for 20 years, still is. They need to go to, to the MacArthur region. They need to be run by West Ashfield. They need one board, one voice, one direction to be going in. Um, and that direction and yeah, being forward. Yeah, forward, not sidewards. Look forward, uh, they, don't look in mirrors. Yep, they need to stop being Wests and Balmain and be the West Tigers going forward. Uh, and, Possibly they and, should probably consider changing their name. What would you change it to? I don't know, maybe Ashfield Tigers or maybe not even Tigers. Just have something different. Ashfield Echidnas. Just something something to completely remove West and Balmain out of the equation entirely. Keep the colours and that's it. What would what is something that's unique to the MacArthur region? Oh. Blue lights. <laughs> just, uh, just imagine every game could be played under flashing blue strobe lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we can only play night games. Yep, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything that really stands out about that region. Hey, like maybe something about the airport, maybe the Jets. Imagine if they called themselves the Jets. Wouldn't Newtown love that? <laughs> That'll go down well. <laughs> what if they? Okay, okay. What if they just become the like? I don't know. Say you called it the the MacArthur Jets. Okay, they yeah. wore a blue jersey. That's all I've got. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah, that's so, all I got. So they could become the um, the Ashfield. Koalas. I don't know. Who cares what the bigger mascot is? Just, I, I would not be at all surprised, or sorry, yeah. not surprised, I would not be at all opposed if the club yeah. came out and says, we're going to change the name and the logo purely to try and move ourselves forward to get away from this dissension that's going on between Bowman and West. I'd go, you know what? I agree. I welcome it. Let's do it. Yeah, A lot I, of people I, would be opposed to it, and a lot of people would be surprised to hear a person who is as passionate about rugby league history as I am to be so keen on something like that, especially when it means the, the death of the club I grew up supporting. Mm-hmm. But I think it's got to the point now where the club has to do something drastic like that to to move on from the past and start doing something moving forward. If, if, the, if the officials aren't going to do it, then maybe they need to change the club so it doesn't represent either side anymore and just make it something completely different. See, I, I personally... My personal feeling, and I'm not a fan of the Tigers, um, I think that they should upgrade their logo. I, I still think it feels a bit joint venture I think they should call themselves Western Suburbs Tigers. I think that would be fine. I don't know why they call, didn't call themselves that from the get-go. Um, and move to MacArthur full-time. Everything's I can Tigers. guarantee you if you call them the Western Suburbs Tigers, the fans yeah. would still be pissed off and they'd want the Magpie there instead. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel right. We're the magpies, not the tigers. 
Yes, and I think <laughs> there's almost a bit of, and we've talked a little bit about this too, the North Sydney thing of like, at some point, all those cunts just die. <laughs> you know? And all people yeah. know is the West Tigers, I, the Western Suburbs. Really do I really have to wait until they all die? <sighs> That's a good point. Maybe we, what we need. Well, right? you know. At this point, I probably do anyway, whether it happens or not. So maybe, <laughs> maybe what we need is to get all of the western suburbs and Balmain fans right. We get them all together, and we just set the stadium on fire there. In what about that? <sighs> too far. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. <laughs> 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 hmm. I'll have to do a proper analysis of that and get back to you. Cool. Yeah, can we bring up some stats on that? <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> I'll do a graph or two. Yeah. <laughs> graph. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, this is, uh, if you're a West Tiger supporter and you've lasted this long through the podcast, you probably feel crap. Go out and do something nice for yourself. Go and, uh, I don't know, get get some Aporto. Um, get some Aporto. Also, there are... Um... Plenty of games between the West Tigers and South, where the Tigers racked up 50 that you can go and watch. Yeah, how um, many? Oh, there's been been a few. I think there's been about four. Wow. So, yeah, check out the, check out those. Um, yeah. You know, just the old time's sake. Go watch the 2005 Grand Final, because, you know, why, why not? Go and watch Robbie Farah beating the fuck out of Anthony Watts. That is always brilliant. Now, that is something that is cathartic. Yeah, I love that. What a yes. moment. Best scrum fight in the last fifty years. That mm, mm. that was it was so beautiful. I remember I was standing up like roaring like an idiot when that was going on. Fantastic Barrage, moment. Farrah just cleaned him up. Go and watch some Benji Marshall highlights. Oh yeah, there's there's like forty five minutes of the stuff out there. Go watch that. That is fantastic. Yeah, go um, and watch some highlights of Pat Richards doing some short kickoffs. Yeah, that's always fun. And. Uh, you can also go and check out 52 other episodes of Fergo and the Freak. Yeah. 52. We're racking them up now, aren't we? We are flying through them. And uh, we might even have have a, uh, a live show coming up soon. We haven't yeah. seen anything yet, but we'll just say that anyway, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, when with the live shows, too, where we're moving a little bit towards YouTube. So if we start talking about doing a live show and you, say, we, you see us saying, oh, we're doing a live show now, You've got to follow the YouTube link, and it just it just plays automatically. They're like, there's nothing you need to do; just watch it. Yeah. Um, also, if you've got any questions or suggestions or discussion points, anything like that, um, you can send them to us at on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod, or to League Freak at League Freak, or myself at Andrew RP. You can email to podcast at leaguefreak.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, get in touch. Tell us stuff. Um, get on to Apple Podcasts, as it's now known, and uh, subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Give us a review. Um, be nice, and we'll we'll give you a, a massive plug and a massive wrap as well on the next show after you do that. That because that'd yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And um, check out Rugby League Project, the number one sports statistical website in Australasia. Uh, fantastic statistics about rugby league history from all over the world, stuff you will not find anywhere. Um, the Rugby League International Federation website pales into comparison. 
when you put it up against Rugby League Project. The Rugby League Project actually has all of the stats that you're looking for for International Rugby League. Um, better than the NRL website for statistics. It's just number one for a reason, and that's because it is the best statistical website in all of Rugby League. Also, support the Patreon. What's the what's the address for the Patreon page? www.patreon.com slash rlproject. Um, you can find a link on the homepage on the left. It's an orange button of the Rugby League Project website. Uh, so, yeah, get on there and make a, make a monthly donation. It doesn't have to be much, but uh, any, every, every dollar helps. And uh, if I reach my goal on there, then I can work on the website full-time. I can do the podcasting, whatever the hell Freaky wants me to. And I can answer all of your stats questions that you ask me on Twitter 24-7. 24-7, nice. What more of a deal do you want than that, people? Exactly. It's a pretty good deal, eh? For just exactly. A, like, just, you know, five bucks a month, one coffee. Yeah, piece of cake, done. Yeah, easy. Um, and while we're speaking of great things, don't forget, you can check out leaguefreak.com. Um, great opinion articles, and they go back quite a while, so you can get a good good run of recent history of rugby league there too, not just in Australia. Um, he does... He has written, I think, one or two good pieces about England as well for the British fans. Um, Insightful re- stuff, too. Yeah, the rest you probably don't want to read if, you, if you're a British fan. If you're a Australian fan, the British ones are fantastic, though. Yeah, oh, they're, like, they're hilarious, but at the same time sort of tinged with, like, a reality, a sad reality of the dying British game. So, yeah, there's always good fun to read through some of the archives on my website. Also, check out the lookalikes. You'll really enjoy the lookalike section, um, some of the fantasy teams I've put together. Some of them need updated, but I'll get around to that one day. Um, and, yeah, hopefully you enjoy what I chuck up there on the, the interwebs. Absolutely. And um, on that fantastic note, and we've given each other a good wrap there, That's that was brilliant. Yeah, you were really good, Andrew. I really, yeah. I, I, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. I know you didn't so much, but it needs to be done. Yeah, well, we've, we're going to have to work on one where you're on the receiving end. And we know what that yeah. topic's going to be about. I don't know. Maybe just <laughs> life choices. <laughs> oh, I can think of a former Penrith coach. Ah, oh, don't you dare. Well, no. I've got a le- even the ledger now. I've been doing this for a few weeks now. It's <laughs> having shit, shit me, on me about the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be, uh, that'll be our plan. I'll have to work that in somewhere in the future somehow. That'll be yeah, fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll have to lift the... the uh, bad language rating too explicit i think yeah definitely like explicit there's going to be things that i'll be throwing around and it'll be it'll be higher than explicit it'll be zed plicit <laughs> oh shit all people well uh, we'll catch you all later thanks for tuning in